Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill. I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. You can find me and Nick on most platforms at HyperClean Store. Best way to get in touch, though, go to the HyperClean Specialist Facebook group. Interact there or shoot us a text direct, 918-800-1188. This is a little recap of Mobile Tech Expo. Nick, I am diving into uh, Homestyle. Now, this is a beer. It's called Homestyle IPA. It's a beer that was given to me by uh, somebody in the community pub. That is a regular drunk at the episodes. He's a guy at the end of the bar that asked the uh, tab out question. Derek from DJD Detailing uh, brought these beers. What was fun about having the community pub and everybody there inside the Airbnb, man, is everybody brought beers. Nick cooking with Nick brought beers. Like, man, we had a great time. Got to finally get our taste of cooking with Nick. And whew, he can cook, man. He can cook. Yeah, I, I, you know, watched from afar. Everybody was sending me texts, DMs, uh, after shots of, of what went on. I talked to you guys a little bit on FaceTime while you were there. And uh, what a cool experience. I'm glad that we were able to, to bring that team of guys. I think it was really cool uh, that they got to, we all got to kind of stay together as a team and, and have some of those, you know, over to fire you know, in the backyard type of talks that, that seem to be really good. And, you know, that's, that's when I tell guys to get stuff out of MTE, it's very rarely inside of MTE, what you're talking about. It's the, the relationships you build during those few days. And the relationships were definitely plenty as uh, the community <laughs> begins to continue, right? Like it, as it's been a two year break, since many of us have seen each other, uh, it was wonderful. The amount of other vendors, the amount of other companies, the the owners would walk up, want to shake my hand, want to enter, you know, hi, you know, so glad to see you again. Like everybody, listen, and I know that I guess some people heard that one slip up that I had where I said I wanted a vanilla fragrance as my skunk scent because it was a, a male <laughs> aphrodisiac. Like I, I want to restate that that was because I thought I would like, I, I said that all wrong, but the amount of dudes that wanted to come up and give me a hug, it was the strangest thing. I mean, it started right at the very first when we went to the, the, to register the guys that they were at the Airbnb and <laughs> the crew from uh, the rag company. I mean, every one of them like full on brace. And I'm like, Hey guys, Levi, I mean, like we said a couple words to each other. You know, I think you're a cool dude. Why are we hugging each other here? You know, <laughs> I, I look, man, I think it's, it shows everybody that there's an equal respect across all of these people that are creating content and putting things out. And I don't think a lot of times it gets said, you know, it's not the easiest thing. There is a bond between people that are putting content into this world of detailing, meaning it's not about agreement. And that's the biggest flaw in all of this is the guys that get butt hurt. But then you see guys at the show and you're, texting me and other guys were texting me and calling me. And I, and I, I go, you can see who the real players are. MTE flushes out who the real players are, who's a decision maker and who isn't. And uh, we'll keep that to ourselves. but we have some interesting uh, stories behind that. Maybe we'll put that in a book one day or something, but you know. Yeah. But speaking about who's the decision makers, who's the influencers, there was a theme throughout multiple episodes. And listen, we had a lineup. It was as we began putting out some of those episodes, the Mike Phillips one is already dropped. He's something that even inside of there, we talked about and through multiple different uh, episodes, it was sort of that theme. How do you know if somebody's a decision maker? How do you know if somebody's actually who they are? I mean, that it really, as we've been away from each other for two years, and in 2020, as social media continued to explode, and there's no doubt that it pushed many people over to virtual life versus in in real life, you know, multiple episodes, we continue to discuss that idea. Well, I mean, is that person an influence? I get, do they have, okay, well, they're here or are they not here? You know, it, it's interesting you brought that up because that was a theory passed around through multiple episodes. 
Yeah, I, I think, look, you, I've gone back and listened to some, some of the episodes and, you know, one of the themes that I think we need to discuss is, you know, this idea that I've been telling guys for years is that the internet is not real. And what happens is, is people take that so many different, I know people sell, we sell tons of product on the internet. Nike sells tons of product. I mean, that's just kind of a, I don't know, a very basic way of saying, well, you know, what do you, well, the internet's real. Look at how much money gets paid on the internet. I, I know that. What I'm saying is we get so many young guys that reach out to us that have been pushed in a direction that hasn't been successful for them. They can't grow their business. They can't get out of a rut. Maybe they've started to see a downturn in the middle of last year, which by the way, was something that we were kind of saying here and boy, oh boy, all the companies talking about the economy that didn't just happen today. Uh, boy, oh boy. So, and I remember how many times as we talked throughout the, the days, I was like, dude, how many people are saying the E word? Like how many, yeah. it's, it's nonstop. And, now everybody and, and, wants and, to talk about it. Yeah. So, you know, what we mean, what I mean, and I should elaborate on this because it was brought up through so many episodes the internet does not provide you context of what somebody's doing on the other side of that camera. Are they really elite at paint correction? There's no way for you to know through the internet. There just isn't. I mean, Mike Phillips said it in his episode. He knows a guy that says he's a paint correction expert through Photoshop. That was his exact quote. He's like, anybody can look good on the internet. And you kept pushing people, explain how guys... And what, what we find is there isn't really a good answer, except for everybody wants to stop short of saying, hey, there's some things going on on the internet that just aren't on the up and up, and it's okay. Nobody's a bad person. We're not trying to call it. It's not what it's about. It's about educating the younger guys that keep reaching out to us and saying, I'm following this way. It's not working. You find out what the way, the way that it is that they're following, and Marty, you and I go, yeah, we, we know that's not going to work. I mean, because that person has never done it and it doesn't make that person the worst person in the world. What it means is they're caught up in a, in a, in a situation where they think it's okay to give out bad information because the world's made it okay through the internet. Let's just be fair about that. And, and that's, that's what I mean. There's just no context to the internet. Yeah. And we, you're right. We had to keep asking people to explain a little bit more and each, each guest constantly kept going, Whoa. I mean, that's, it's hard to explain. It's hard to say. It's hard to understand. You know, do your homework. Go do some digging. And that seems to be the... But then seems, couldn't say what the homework was. See, so, here, so here's the funny thing. For all the people listening to this, what everyone's scared to do is hurt someone's feelings. Nobody wants to be the bad guy. Nobody... But you know what's made Pints and Polishing successful? We've just spoken our mind. We've never called an individual out and said, this person right here is a fraud. It's never happened on a single episode we've ever done. But we're willing to say there's something that you guys need to understand that the internet is not real. And we're not going to sit here and tell you we have the perfect answer, but we're going to tell you that's where you have to start. You have to be skeptical about what somebody's saying to you on an Instagram page. And it's funny, everyone wants to stop short of saying that. I don't see it that big of a deal. Nike lies every day on the internet. You think all of those athletes are world-class athletes that are wearing the clothes in the commercials? No, they just got some chicks that look fit. Some dudes that look fit. Those guys don't run four, four forties and play in the NFL. It's all a big marketing ploy. So it's the same in our industry, right? It's very logical to say if a guy's really good in front of the camera, which is a very hard skill, he may not have to be the best behind the polisher. Is that fair? Go look at the car shows that, that have been out for the last 40 years on television. Most of those dudes couldn't, you wouldn't let them fix your car, but they're really good with the camera. They know enough about an engine. They can, you know, show you what's going on. They're good with their hands enough, but they're not elite mechanics. Most of them, they're just good in front of the camera. We're finding the same thing with social media that you're having to be good in that medium to have success. It doesn't always mean you're the best person at detailing. So even though there was multiple, you know, owners of other companies that would walk up and shake my hand, wasn't the vibe overall was everybody was happy to be back. Everybody was happy to be, you know, into everybody again. 
But as I also told you, there was also people that I began to see in their eyes. They looked at me differently. Some, even at the community pub, didn't even stand up to shake my hand. Some, we'd look at each other, say hi. They'd go on about their way. Maybe before we were really close or maybe before we shared quite a bit of information. Maybe before I even helped them get jobs into locations. And they just didn't seem to have the same respect whereas some others did. I, that vibe for me was very interesting internally to look at the people that, wow, you just could tell they looked at you a little different. They <laughs> almost out of, uh, you know, almost inside of them, they were going through that. Uh, and then the, then the people that would just reach out their hands are just so happy to see people and zero uh, inside. I, of I, also, I also think how much of that, Marty, in your opinion is we're growing up as a company. You know, the people that seem to reach out their hand were on a different level than others. You know, the people that choose to be petty, they choose to be petty. It's no big deal. I don't have any ill will towards anybody in this industry. You know, if they want to come up and they want to talk detailing, let's talk detailing. You know, I got no problem with that. We've invited everybody in this industry that matters on the platform to have a discussion. You did a great job at MTE. I mean, different companies, different people, different detailers, different product reps, right? I mean, this isn't about closing anything off. And there's just going to be some people that are uncomfortable with that. They think they have to insulate themselves or they have to play hard and, and stick their chest out or, or whatever. That's fine. No big deal to me. But again, MTE shows you who's a decision maker and who isn't. And we'll always have that in our back pocket. And uh, it's not always the people that you think, folks. No, but I did say speak about community pub a second ago, Nick. Wow. That pub was on fire. There was people holding steam meetings right next door that they had to close the doors because we had such a great time. The amount of people that were at the community pub just continues to explode. And the community pub, we do all, everybody that's listening, you know it. We talk about it all the time. Come be a part of the virtual pub, right? It's every Wednesday, 730 Central Zoom ID 918-800-1188. And what the live version was, was where we got started in the industry with the Pints of Polishing podcast, being able to put out pint nights. So people come drink beer and have conversation. And to see it every year just continue to explode more and more and more. I mean, listen, the cups, we're done now, man. They're all gone. We have no more cups left. Uh, the silicone pint glasses are completely finished. Each day we had to try and keep reserves of some other cups because they just flew so fast. So many people were coming to get beer at the booth. So many people came to the community pub. Listen, the overall of what we did as, as a Pints of Polishing podcast powered by HyperClean, man, it just continued to explode. And there's no doubt that anybody that was at Mobile Tech experienced the podcast. That's yeah. awesome. You know, and that, that's the big thing is, uh, you know, we, we talked throughout the week when you were there is like, uh, we didn't have these huge expectations. You know, it was like, Hey, we want to have some conversations. We want to try to meet with these certain people. We want to try to just talk to people. And I think that was the best thing for us. You know, after two years, there was no reason to go to that show and say, Hey, you know, we got to do this, this, and this, and this, and we got to have this list of 50 things to do. We just didn't have that as a company. It was, Hey, New logo, launching Fuego, which, you know, there's no doubt that's going to be a product that's a huge winner for us. Uh, Two-in-one decon when wheel cleaner, you know, we'll go in. We've gone into that before, but launching that there, uh, showing people the, the introduction to our new hypercleanstore.com, which is not fully ready to go. It's just in its infancy. Uh, we're, we're designing a new app. All of these things that, that, that most companies would say, hey, let's just go vomit this on everyone we really didn't have that plan it was like hey come join us talk to some of our distributors you know what i mean it, it for for those that were inside we didn't have a huge 50 point game plan it was let's just go there and do some simple things and and get back in the mix of it listen and we executed you know yeah. it, of course there's always as you and i are trying on the backside, what people don't understand you know right you always see i think the analogy is you see a duck on the top of the water and it looks like it's gliding along and underneath its feet are going like crazy you know of course there's a lot of that right i mean that's that's part of hustling through the game it's part of running it's part of playing it's part of everything right i mean 
Uh, we're definitely, we were busy. We definitely had a lot going on as, as Mike, uh, as you, as you know, Mike Hine was there. It was great meeting him. And one of the things he said is he goes, Marty's an energizer bunny. Like you bet, man. There was, we had, a even though we were chill, even though we didn't have a whole, but boy, we were busy, man. Nonstop. The, the booth looked incredible. The amount of people coming in and up. It, it was the guest. I mean, we, that's all you can go is like, cool. As you and I said, hey, that was a successful trip. You know, we, we did everything we wanted to. One of the things we wanted to do, which was a, a cool part, really cool part, is the tab out question. Each guest that came up, we asked them, and then we asked to, around to other people, you know, as ceramic coatings continue to evolve in the industry, there's no doubt that they have changed the industry for the better. Uh, we're moving through a, a weird time for coatings for them to, to really kind of play out long-term. Where do coatings go? Does graphene begin to take over? Does graphene fall away? We, you know, we here at HyperClean, we've been steady since 2016, one year, two year, three year. Doesn't mean we can't go in another direction later and have something, other options, but that's really where we saw the industry being Many people started voicing their opinion that lifetime coatings were bullshit. You know, we just asked people, where do they and, fall? And, what and do my, they think? Mind you, that wasn't your opinion. Let's make it wasn't sure mine. Other that. people said that. Yeah. Um, we had some, you know, when it comes to ceramic coatings, one of the funniest parts to me is how some people aren't willing to draw a line over here on subjects. But it's like you brought up ceramic coating and people were willing to yell as loud as they could that lifetime coatings are BS. But they wouldn't really answer this question over here before that. It was way more minor. And, and you kind of wonder what, what's driving that. And you should wonder that when you listen to that type of stuff. Uh, I think it's interesting how many guys are starting to be anti-long-term coatings because – and I want to say they're doing it for the right reasons, but I, I don't know. I think they saw what I saw, which is, you know, you get into seven plus years coatings. You're, you're talking about a really small number of people that that could fit. And really, does it fit them? Right. Are you just trying to say it fits them? Uh, I think there's room for five year. The reason we abandoned five year as a, as a company is that my users and my customer experience was bad. Doesn't mean everybody's customer experience is bad. I certainly have five-year coatings that have worked out great for certain clientele. I, I'm very interested at the lines that are going to be drawn and the things that people are willing to say. Because remember, you have companies saying lifetime coatings. They're not run-of-the-mill startups. You know, you don't have guys just coming out of the woodwork saying that. You have some reputable companies that these guys have relationships with and they're saying what that guy's saying is BS, not directly, but directly. And that guy can't perform this. And, and I, I go, this lifetime coding thing may be the line in the sand where some guys are willing to go on the record and say enough is enough. Should it happen before that? Maybe, but it seems like this lifetime coding thing has gotten people real pissed off. Yeah. And I, yeah, you're right. And I think that was a surprise for me for the multiple people that that outright claimed it as bullshit as nah, I don't believe in it. But then some of the theories that came out was also interesting as those episodes come out to eventually, whereas this is the, the interesting one, too. I'd love to know your, your thoughts on, you know, do manufacturers of cars begin to put coatings on the paint? What do you, what, what's your thoughts? I hate incomplete thoughts and people say a lot of things in our industry. Number one, there have been ceramic based car protective products put on by manufacturers. That's been tried before. The one thing everybody forgets when they say stuff about manufacturers are that the manufacturer doesn't deliver the car to the customer. Manufacturers go through a bunch of distribution centers, then to the dealership, then to the customer. So part of the issue everybody doesn't realize is in these distribution centers, you have damage. And so what happens is 
They don't have to report that damage to an insurance company. They just fix it inside the distribution center. So the reason that paint systems are so simple in a lot of cases is not only for the factory cost, but because when it gets damaged in the manufacturer's hands, they don't want the repair cost to be astronomical. That's one of the things that people don't put together. Do I think they can put ceramic protection on a car at a factory? 100%. Will they do it? They've done it. Here's what I can tell you. Mercedes has done it, and it was a complete and colossal failure. I've seen it on an S580 that we took care of where the polishing costs more, all this stuff costs more. They've tried this in systems. But when has our industry ever looked at the manufacturer and said, they're going to do the right thing? That was the baffling thing about that statement to me when I heard guys talking about it. I'm not saying they're wrong. What I'm saying is we're still going to have to fix dealership mishaps, distribution mishaps, and, and factory defects. That's not going anywhere. Because if it was going somewhere, it would already be gone. So they'd probably be doing themselves a disservice if, if damage can't be repaired as easily as it can be today, including swirls, scratches, and things that we fixed. Boy, oh boy, you're putting the factory right in the crosshairs, aren't you? So those were, the, those were two, right? There was basically three theories that evolved out of all the people that we questioned. Those were really the only two that were opposite than the main one. The number one theory that everybody talked about was that they believe that coatings will continue to get easier to use. And you know where you have those moments where you go, think, you know, and you're like, hell yeah, they will. Hell yeah, that's why we did it this way. You bet you we're so excited for that because we've done it since 2016. And the interesting part for me being there, you know, we're now six years after that to sit there and listen over and over from people in the crowd to people on stage to people that we met and asked a question is I just started to go, yeah. Well, do you remember, and I would call these people out, hey, you remember in 2016, 2017 when we started? Hey, you were there. You remember when we talked about this? The interesting was Jason Rose's episode where we go, Jason, and we dove into heavy into this, Jason, at our training that we did together in 2019, let's go back over to the things we talked about. This was three years ago. While everybody else was teaching one thing, in this class, the predominant theory that came out was what our brand had been teaching. One step, get to a 75% correction, get it to where your customer is happy, make sure that customer's happy, make sure that customer's happy, hey, do it for the customer. And then put a one, two, three year coding on like the volume of work that you'll be able to do doing that. And then you get to ask the question to Mr. Rose. Hey, you've taken a big journey through this industry. You're you're now decades and decades later. Hey, if you could go all the way back and do it again when you were a mobile detailer and you were cleaning cars, would you go after that full correction model or you would do what? You and I have said in training and, and what we at HyperClean have been putting out for now six years. And you'd go after that one step and you'd go after a one, two, three year coding. And he goes, there's no doubt that's the direction that he would go. What we've been saying. And that for me, when I, I hear things like that over and over, I just go, yes, yes. Thank you. Bring it. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No, it's look, it's, it's a credit you know, to you and how you saw the industry then it's a credit to us that we now putting, continue to say the same story. I think there's two words that come to mind. I've been talking to a lot of young guys that are coming onto this team as hyper clean way and they're making more money as, you know, sometimes common sense really is all you need. If you step back and talk about the customer and have common sense of what most customers need. And that means a guy that drives a Bentley and a guy that drives a Honda, they largely need the same thing when they're dealing with a detailer. It's to get their car in better shape than, than they have it now. And that can be a variety of different things, I understand. But the vast majority of people are going to fall into a nice, complete, one-step 
and some type of coding product or PPF. I mean, that that's, that's the basis of this thing, man. Like we don't have to make it more difficult, but boy, oh boy, day after day after day, you know, advanced training has certainly taken on a different meaning for Mr. Rose and, and Rupes. I think it has a little to do with their product line has changed, but uh, we'd like to think that they jumped on for common sense reasons, but you know, again, took them a long time. They weren't, they weren't hyping up one steps for very long. That's been within the last 24 months, they've been hyping that up. It's good to see them coming over to the, to the real side of detailing. But again, you know, for the young guys, that's why it's tough to know who to listen to. You rewind the clock five years ago, Rupes is putting all this advanced sanding training out. They're, they're reputable. If you would have done your homework, as so many people said on these episodes, you would have gone that route, right? Now, they're flipped it, flipping their script and talking more about one steps, but how, what if it's three or four years late for that guy that got started? What if he's out of business? What if he doesn't believe him anymore? What you see what I'm saying? This is where training and information really does matter. You know, and, and that's something I'm I'm glad to see people saying it, but you got to atone for some of the things that went on the last five years that may have led some guys down the drain a little bit. Well, one of those things was an economy, you know. And as we which is interesting, a lot of those people that were doing that, how many of them had to close down their shop or move back home or oh, something's happened. You're absolutely right. You know, not for us to judge. They might have something, you know, not sure, sure. why, you know, sure. but it's just, it's just a, a, a view and you go, huh? Interesting because matters. yeah, information matters. I mean, Marty, let's just boil it down. That person could have survived. And I'm not saying people aren't going to fail. They're all, we're all going to fail. Somebody's going to fail. Someone's going to succeed, whatever. But when information leads somebody with very limited skill set to trying to get 2,500 bucks a pop, because they went to a training and that was their basis of charging $2,500, not because their skill set had been worked through time to that number. That's where the flaw happens. It's not that you can't charge people. I mean, I've been fair on this podcast. We charge more than that in the shop. 24 years in, it wasn't a training on a Saturday. You know, I didn't go, to, I didn't go to one training and say, oh, you know, this is what this guy told me. I'm going to follow that price list. I mean, it was 24 years of building a reputation and building a client list and building a skill set. And that's, what's gotten lost in the context, right? This is what we started the episode talking about. There's the context for you. You know, it's like guys telling you to work five days a week, which happened on an episode. Let me explain when it's easy to work five days a week, when you're 15 years into your business. Boy, those first seven, eight years of my business, the first seven, eight years of your business, Marty, <laughs> five days a week wasn't possible. So again, the type of information and the context around statements that get made, I think that's what's missing in the industry. I've said it for two years. Guys want to throw out buzzwords. Guys want to throw out buzz statements. They don't want to provide context and they lead guys right down the drain. If you think you're going to work five days a week when you first get started, good luck to you. Ain't gonna happen. Um, there's there's no way it'll happen. And some of those people, as they began to come on stage, and I would remind them of when they first met me or where I was in the journey. And one of them was Chris Metcalf. It was it was very interesting, right? It's like, Chris, you remember when you work with me as a distributor, right? Like, and multiple other people's like, you remember, correct? You bet. Mm -hmm. Cool. So let's go down that journey then. Hey, here's the really unique opportunity that began to develop last year, but at Mobile Tech when we had 54, 54 individuals come into my education training on education day on how to grow a million dollar distribution company. We had 54 individuals come in wanting to know how they could be a part of distribution. What is it that they would learn from a guy that, hey, started out of his garage selling chemicals and cleaning cars and built a massive distribution company that then led him into a national brand. Nobody else that we know of really has ever done that. And so to talk with these people that can validate it, because what, right? What do we always say? You could say whatever, but if there's nothing that can back it up and nothing can really, you want to do your homework, go ask those people. 
Go ask them who I was. I was there. I was doing it. And so to see then the people that wanted to join, because we had multiple people sign up to do distribution, which was awesome. You know, whether it was detailers or they were owning other businesses, they were already distributing for somebody else. However, it was that they got into it with us. Hey, the fun ones, though, were the, the detailers that signed up, you know, whether it was at the community pub while people were getting awards. I was busy there filling out an invoice, signing somebody up at the community pub, which was so much fun for me. Right. Like an event that you start creating years ago that you don't make anything on zero is all an investment into hoping someday you'll make some money off of something and not like one order, not, not like one order at a distributor solved all that, but to at least make a sale, right? That's just anybody that's built something and it's always going to be in sales to make a sale and have somebody say, I'm in and be excited about it. Maybe the guy that's next, the next day comes in because he had been to the distribution talk. He'd been around the community pub, uh, shook my hand after I got off stage, right? Been at the uh, the expo, come up to the booth, seen everybody else being a part and goes, I want in, let's do this, right? Like that to me overall to then these guys get to start their journey and how they can grow. And these are young guys, Nick, man, these are young guys. They're hungry. They're excited. The people that were at the Airbnb, multiple of them were distributors that had joined in. The excitement in the air of going into distribution it gives them a whole path. And I said to everybody, right, in, inside my closing, I don't think I told you this. Inside of my closing part of my distribution education talk, how to grow a million-dollar distribution company, I said, I want you all to end with this. You've now envisioned your area. You think you have a shot. You look at the people that are selling chemicals, and you think you probably, as a detailer, have a better shot. You could probably explain to people better on how to use a product because, well, you're doing it day in, day out. You think you got a shot. When do you start? When do you get started? You know, is that next month? Is that today? What is it? And I said, let me just end with this thought. And I want everybody to hear this. Nick, you've said it multiple times, but it became very, very clear at that point. The opportunity is there. And what you had said, when should you have gotten started? And you go, one of the biggest regrets you have is you didn't get into chemicals much earlier in your career. Yeah, what is the, that's, that's, what's the, yeah, what's the purpose, right? When we think about this, what's the purpose of somebody getting into chemicals and not waiting? What does a career look like? You've done very well in your career, right? Yeah. But, but what would have looked like differently? Well, you can do both simultaneously. That's number one. You don't have to give up your detailing business. Some may. They may just be so successful at chemicals. They're like, I don't ever want to detail a rim ever again, right? It's options. That's one thing it gives you. The next thing it gives you is it gives you an opportunity to scale much quicker than a traditional detailing business. Detailing business with the hiring issues so many guys run into one of the problems is they can only do as much work as they can physically do, right? And we hear that all the time. But the thing about chemicals is it takes nothing for me to sell somebody a case of coating. <laughs> I don't need 50 bodies to, to go down the street and say, such and such detail shop is buying chemicals from me. He needs a case of coating. Here it is. I didn't work for that coating. He did, right? I'm just supplying it. So Instead of doing one coating job, I've just sold 12 whole bottles of coating. And I didn't have to work to put those coating bottles on the cars. Right? So that is the scalability if you think about it. How long would it take me as a single detailer to put 12 bottles of tray on a car? I could have one customer alone buy 12 bottles of tray off of me in a day. I certainly couldn't install 12 bottles of tray on cars in a day at my shop, at any one shop, probably. So think about that. That's the scalability difference that you don't have in a, in a, in a place like detailing as a detailer, where you can scale as a chemical distributor being a detailer. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That so that's, that's the real, the real crux of all of this. And by the way, you're working with this stuff anyway. 
your hands-on knowledge of this chemical is far beyond any distributor in your area. You got guys that you know. I mean, just because you detailed cars, you were far and away more competent in discussing chemicals than they were. And that matters. And it's, it, it actually goes more hand in hand than people think. And that I thought I shouldn't even put on other people than I even thought. So let's say we're, we want to do it, right? We have this theory and we're inside and we're going, okay, inside of me, I, I look around, I imagine my area. I see what I have that's around. Maybe it's, Maybe we want to go that dealership route, but that's very extremely difficult for guys. So hard. It's extremely, extremely difficult. Maybe you, which inside of the distribution talk that I had, some people asked about online. They asked about how do you build a, a national thing doing online sales? And, you know, it is kind of funny who was also sitting in there, Jason from Chicago Auto Pros. So as many people started going, hey, he was sitting there taking a lot of notes. It'll be interesting to see what comes out from them over the next, you know, weeks to months. Yeah. Um, how, how does somebody, the question is still, right, whichever model you choose, we think you should probably go towards other detailers, go towards car shows. It's going to be a much better way, host events, do some things like that. But either direction you choose, it's going to be, well, have some challenges. You're going to have to work through some things. You have to figure some things out. You sent me a TikTok earlier, and then I think you put it out to the HyperClean Specialist Group. Uh, and it's, a, it's an interview on, uh, on Julian Edelman about Tom Brady. And Tom Brady just retiring. Listen, I fell in love with the guy as soon as he took over for Bledsoe. Some of it was because I had to pick him up because – Listen, Bledsoe was my quarterback in fantasy, and he was my only option, so I picked him up. Who would have known he made it to the Super Bowl? He won the Super Bowl, and I won fantasy. You know, hey, yeah, you know, right. I, I got to love the guy, right? Yeah. But much people don't really understand what all it took from Tom Brady throughout yeah. his career. And so to listen to Julian Edelman, it was interesting. He didn't use some words that we hear. But he used a word called purpose. So a detailer that is wanting to also get into distribution, they have to understand, grasp, and have to start really chewing on the word purpose. How do you think purpose itself is involved with daily activity, quote unquote, the grind, I call it the climb because I would rather be moving forward than always just staying level. Yeah. But how does purpose play into that? Well, I think the interesting thing about that clip and I send it to you and I go, you know what word he didn't say? Passion. You didn't hear that cornball word. Passion. Be pat. Well, Tom Brady got to seven Super Bowls and he used the word purpose in this clip about four times. He woke up in the morning in February. Everybody else is chilling and hanging out. Tom's working on his body. Tom's doing footwork. He woke up with a purpose to run 60 routes with his receivers. He, he purposely did this. He purposely, wow. Seven Super Bowls start to become real clear to a guy like Julian Edelman, who was already in the NFL. Oh, this is all, this is different. Because you know what? He wasn't telling you how much he loved football, and I'm so passionate about it. He was living the purpose of it because when you actually love something, you don't have to bark about passion. You bark about your purpose. I woke up and I did this because it leads to that. I did this other thing because it leads to this. One of the things with chemical distribution, one of the things with your detailing business you have to understand is what is the purpose I'm waking up with? Am I just waking up and driving around and being like, oh man, I'm going to my appointment. Are you on your phone? Are you making sales calls? Are you returning calls? Are you returning texts? Are you returning emails? Have you followed up on everything? Where's your purpose? Give everybody a, a, a fact about my life as we sit here today. I'm right in the mid middle of COVID. Whole family's got it. I'm on a microphone and playing some polishing because we got to get an episode out this weekend. Marty, have I been on the phone with you? Have I been on the phone with customers? Have I been texting my people? Have I been running my detailing business? I don't give a shit about passion. This is my purpose. 
So COVID or not, 104 fever or not, family having problems or not, things have to get done. And all this passion nonsense people tell you, the grind, all this, all sounds great. But what are you going to do when you have 104 fever? You going to lay in bed? What are you going to do? Or you got some purpose? Because passion doesn't get your ass out of bed. That's bullshit. Because I'm passionate about a lot of things that I didn't wake up to do while I had COVID. <laughs> I really love watching fights. I didn't watch any fights when I was laying in bed. I was on my phone. My purpose is my business. My purpose is hyperclean. My purpose is VR. That's my purpose. What so many guys want to hear is that it's going to be easy. That's what you want somebody to tell you. That if you love something enough, that that's enough. That's what fucking losers say. And I'm tired of hearing it in our industry. Hard work and passion, man. Stupid. That's what stupid people say. And I'm tired of biting my tongue on it. Because when you listen to actual winners, they use that specific word of purpose. I worked out at a certain time with a purpose. And I did a certain type of workout to get to this. Right? Go back to MJ when he was getting beat up by the Pistons. He went in the weight room so he didn't get beat up by the Pistons the next year. It was a purpose. It had nothing to do with passion. I need to lift weights to beat the Pistons. That's a purpose. Loving something or being passionate about something isn't enough. So all the guys we brought on during MTE, the one thing I want them to learn from us is I'm never going to be the guy that tells you hard work is enough because it isn't. That's the bare minimum to get in the door. The coolest thing about distribution is if you work intelligently, if you take your skills and you live with a purpose inside your business, you can scale to a level that you can't scale as a detailer. That's the reason that I wish I would have made a different decision 10 plus years ago. Because if I would have done all the same things that I've done the last 12 years, I'd be even further along in my business. I'd be even wealthier as a business. And I may have made different choices as a business. Doesn't mean it's right or wrong, but my opportunity would have been much bigger. And that is the reality that we sit in here today. You got to start listening to people that say the word purpose and not the people that tell you about passion. Uh, you, you use the word opportunity is one that we definitely also love. You know, the, the opportunities there, there's no doubt about it. Whether or not somebody wants to take it, you know, we talked to a guy earlier and it was like, Hey man, sometimes you just need to put your little blinders on a little bit. You know, many of the best horses, right. They, they have to get trained <laughs> by putting some blinders on. Why? So they run around the track without thinking or seeing anything else. They're just, their purpose is to run in that straight line, run around that corner, get there as fast as they can with nothing else hindering them. Sometimes there's a little bit of blinders that have to go on inside of the education day. I talked about the blinders that I had to put on. Some of you, it might need to be the discipline of putting down the remote control. Maybe it's the discipline of, listen, I don't, I hate to say it because I took my Xbox controller to mobile tech, right? Like I had hoped to be able to, I enjoy part of my way of escaping for just a moment is to open up my computer turn on Fortnite and play just at least 20 minutes or so. Just get right. I didn't turn it on once. <laughs> I never even flipped it on the purpose of then interacting with others or the purpose of taking care of the business purpose of everything else that I was doing held a lot more value than entertaining my own self. So over the years, there's been some purpose to blinding out, whether it's, entertainment. We talked about you, you'd said it. There was, do you work five days? Do you work seven days? How do you, how do you maintain or work relationships around your personal life? Well, that was a theory that came out too. So great discussion. Well, for those of you that understand purpose, you understand blinders, you understand, Hey, I'm 20, I'm 25, I'm 30 and 30. I hope to be alive till I'm 80, 90. What does is, what is being me as a 50-year-old look like if I'm a mobile detailer? What does it look like? I don't know. 
But if you put on some blinders, you think about purpose and you get into distribution and you go as hard as you can, hey, it, it's, it's not going to happen tomorrow. But, but your five years looks month. a lot different. Yeah, your five years yeah. looks way different. There's no maybe, just, just, buddy. Maybe so next bad. year, right? It, we already have, right? We, we say that it doesn't happen tomorrow, but we already have young distributors two months Kill. in already on their second third fourth hey they're going i need more product i need they're they're blowing and then some well they're still on the first order and we're two months later and we're like hey guys you maybe you don't get it you maybe you need to put some stuff away out of your life and spend more time focusing on really what's gonna bring the best results for your career and two old fuckers like us that are sitting here talking to you going this is really, we don't know of a better opportunity. And every single person that we said this to, listen, Mike Phillips was the number one, right? Mike, how long have you been, Jason? How long have you been in this industry? When as a detailer, I asked this inside of the, uh, the education. I looked right at Jason, you know, and said, when has a detailer ever had this opportunity? It's never happened in, inside of the, the oh. industry until now. You know, and, and you know, we're, we're purposely building through the detailer. Cause that's who we are. You know, there's not a lot of guys looking, there's not a lot of these companies going to give you a shake. Not for a dollar amount. Most people can stomach and hyper clean. We got a way for you to get in, man, change your life. And you know, the word opportunity gets tricky too. And I'll, I'll leave everybody with this. I, I know people are probably tired of, of this discussion, but I hear the word opportunity and I love the word opportunity, but just remember, we all can go to LegalZoom.com and start a business. Jeff Bezos did a little more with his opportunity on that LegalZoom.com start of his business than we did. And it all goes down a ladder, right? Some people do more than others. Opportunity is not a guarantee. And that's what a lot of guys want. They want you to come on here and be like, if you work hard, man, this great stuff's going to happen. No, I don't know. But I know one thing. You put in the time, you have some purpose. You take advantage of opportunities in your life enough, you're going to have success. But it's a hell of a lot of work, but it's a hell of a lot of fun. That's the other part of it. There's a lot of people that hate the work. I don't care that I'm sitting here with a fever on this pot. This is what I, I've signed up for this. And yeah, I might go home and collapse and be like, oh man, this has been a tough day. But this is my purpose. And this is the part of my opportunity. Doesn't make it right for you. But don't tell me you want things that I have when you're not willing to do what I've done. And that's the part of opportunity nobody talks about. I've sacrificed a lot the last 12 years. Relationships, friends, family. Was it worth it to me? Yeah. Because my family's still there. And I think this is the Tom Brady story. He gave up 24 years of his life where he dedicated every waking hour to this. He's got the rest of his life to chill with his family, right? But he gave 24 years of sacrifice and guys tell me they don't want to give a year and they want to tell me how much they respect Tom Brady. <laughs> well, which is it? Do you want to be Tom Brady and sacrifice something? Or do you want to be the guy that's like, oh, that's really cool. He did that. I'll just sacrifice. I mean, it's, it's not a bit, that's what I'll do. So you got to make those decisions, but. The amount of guys that signed up, we got new distributors. We got some great distributors already on board that are crushing it. Other ones getting the ball rolling. I think it's a big year for HyperClean. And I think at MTE, there was a little sense that that might, this brand might just be a little bit different than what people thought a couple of years ago. And Nick, uh, kudos, no doubt, kudos to you. I love everybody that always comment about how the every cleaner, everything more streamlined everything like nice and i go you bet man I, a partner came in his name's nick you guys know i said y'all know me because you you there's multiple people i'm like hey listen you remember we did trainings together years ago the people would sit there at the table going hey are these the same brands or these different but like you know it no doubt your stamp was also felt there as everything looked cleaner much more organized everybody really have uh, multiple people man everybody really loved the new logo and the streamline so well, look, man, it's a team, you know, uh, 
I got to thank the guys that went down there with us. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. And then finally the episodes and the thought you put into it. And, and this isn't easy, man. I say this about content all the time. It's bad advice telling people just to do content. If you're going to put the work in content's really cool. And you put that work in more than anybody. I think it proved in our episodes. It proved in the DMs and the texts that we got and the guys that appreciated from other brands that we had a different style of conversation and that's all you. And at the end of the day, this brand is different. And it's not different for a few minutes. It's different forever now. And now it's on us to launch products like Fuego, to launch our interior detail that we're going to be launching, to launch an LVP product, to launch new things in our ceramic line. That's our part of this is to keep this thing rolling and to keep this thing on the tracks. And, uh, man, I can't thank you and, and everybody enough for all the cool stuff you did, but Marty, the episodes you did that thoughtfulness, I think it is what separates us from most people. No doubt. All right. Thanks, Nick. Uh, want to just make sure everybody understands community pub Wednesday nights, seven thirty central zoom ID nine, one, eight, eight hundred. 1188. And it's interesting. Everybody's still, I get messages. Hey, what's that Zoom ID number? Listen, 918 800 1188. So, Nick, thanks so much, man. Uh, enjoy your week. And, uh, all right, brother. Everybody have some great purpose. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if you got anything out of this episode and listen, I know you did. Trust me, you did. Go share it. Go into the group, go into a specialist group, go into other Facebooks. Let everybody know what you got the pine stem polishing podcast episodes and hey leave us a review we had a comment the other day if somebody goes asking about hyperclean and they go we haven't seen a review in three years now, i don't know where they were looking as you know as sometimes there's these weird people in a group and they don't really do their homework hey make sure you leave enough reviews so that others can hear about what's going on inside of community